Welcome to the DC Beer Show, everybody. We are at DC Beer across social media. Brandy, what are you drinking on this lovely evening? Well, I've had quite a bit of things today, but I'm drinking my favorite style of beer by far. If you know me, then you know I like brown ales, especially nut brown ales. But I had a uh, an English style brown ale, nut brown ale from Elder Pine. Huge shout out to George uh, at Elder Pine for giving DC Beer a bunch of great beers for us to share. This sweet, sweet, sweet beer um, clocks in at 5.3. So it's, I could drink, I could easily drink several of these and be very happy. Um, I only had one and that's okay. Um, But that's okay. I can do, I can fix that in the future. Um, Mike Stein, what's... uh, are you? Do you have a Stein with beer in it? I don't have a Stein, but I do have a oh. a, a Willy Becker, a Willy Becker. And out of my Willy Becker, I am enjoying Trogue Scratch Four Seventy Six, what they're calling Doppel Schwartz. And I, and I have a can of this for you, Brandy. So I was up. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yavol. I was up at the brewery on Saturday, and they had Scratch Four Seventy Six, which they call. A beer straddling the line between a Schwartz beer and a Baltic porter, uh, which we've Hi. taken to calling a doppel Schwartz. And so it's really like it's sweet like a Baltic porter. And whereas Baltic porter would have that like roundness and sweetness, this one has like a crisp, dry finish. So it starts sweet, finishes dry. It's just absolutely the doppel Schwartz of my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had one right now with you. Oh my god! Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, you know, one one of the days right. these, this week, I'll drop it off. Jake, what what are you drinking this evening? You know, Mike, I thought I was the Doppelschwartz of your dreams, uh, but no. Uh, so I actually gave just earlier today gave a can of that very same beer to Rob Fink and Jonathan Reeves um, at Laurel. Laurel's very own jailbreak brewing and they are now um, with Jonathan Reeves um, fully entrenched in the lager program. They are um, decocting every single lager they make. And so we just kind of ran through those. Some get the single treatment, including a very nice um, rice lager to do a little cereal, cereal mash and pull that off. Lovely, lovely, lovely stuff. Um, And so it's, it's nice, nice to see an, an area brewery, really commit to making beer in that way. Have you all noticed that there are way more loggers available now? Like most of the breweries that we go to now, there tends to be more options for people who like loggers. And loggering is is not easy for every brewery. I mean it's a, something that a brewery should strive to achieve to get to, you know, but not every brewery is super great at it, but I appreciate that everyone, not everyone, a lot of breweries are trying to kind of step away from all the big hype and focus more on lagering. And I, I've noticed that, I don't know if you guys have, but I super appreciate it because it's a, an important thing for a brewery to try to do and, and offer to the public. No, I completely agree. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. 
Absolutely. I mean, so when I was at Trogues on Saturday, they had this this Doppel Schwartz, which is wonderful. The last time I was there was like two weeks before that on January 1st. And um, they had run out of the they had like a petite lager. So they had sold through that earlier in the week. I was a at a petite uh, lager. They had a petite lager. It was four point two percent ABV. So not as petite mm. as I, you know, like under four is really my I never heard of it. I'm sorry. I never heard of it described like that. That's interesting. Well, it it wasn't as petite as promised, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been smaller. No, it was great. It was wonderful. And I love seeing both a small pale lager and then a big, I think this, the Doppelschwartz is 7.9. So it's pretty significant, mm-hmm. almost double the strength of that beer. But I was going to say I was at other half last week with Richard and we had, you know, the Ivy City, which their other half is calling a Czech style pale lager. They have monotonous miles, the Belgian style Pilsner. And then they had a Baltic Porter on, which I believe was produced in Philadelphia, actually, at Other Half's Philadelphia location. But it was like, how, let me count the lagers. Two pale, one dark. Like, what a beautiful thing. Yeah. So it's amazing to see this proliferation of lager, you know, really, really coming down the pike and giving the people what they want. For sure. Other Half, honestly, is killing it. And for those who just thought that Other Half was going to be just a hype brewery coming into D.C., they're really bringing beer, the beer community together. They are doing collaborations. They are doing lots of lagering, speaking of lagering, but they have their ninth as a company, not the DC location, but as a company in general, they're having their ninth anniversary coming up and they're having three weeks of anniversary celebrations. The first week they're doing two double, triple IPAs, three double IPAs. And then the second week, they're doing a bunch of lagers, a West Coast IPA, pale ales. Like, I'm really excited that those who thought the other half was, you know, coming in as a, you know, just going to bring us a bunch of sweet stuff. And they have, you know, I'm not going to lie, it's been a bunch of hazy IPAs and a bunch of sweet stouts. But things things are, are, are changing. <laughs> and... They are focusing on lagering and I, everyone's loving it. Everyone's giving other half a bunch of love. So during the next three weeks, visit other half in DC and enjoy some of the beers that maybe you're not able to get to, um, in the New York locations, but lots of yummy beers. So check it out. Uh, speaking of that area, the Ivy city slash union market, There is a brewery that is located in Virginia. There are a couple of locations in Virginia that's coming to Uni Market. And Jake got the skinny. (laughs) So let's check that out. I'm jazzed about it. Please welcome Jake Andres, the co-owner and production manager of Crooked Run, who are opening up in D.C., shortly before this podcast launches. Jake, I'm Other Jake. Thanks for being on the uh, DC Beer Show. Other Jake, thank you so much for having me. Excellent. I figured that uh, we'd start with, I think, like the obvious question, which isn't why DC, but uh, that's where the people are. But opening in DC, what neighborhoods were you looking in? What were you looking for? Was it always going to be like a brewery and restaurant concept? We first started looking for space in 2020. There are a lot of good deals to be had, you know, in the midst of the pandemic. But we started looking kind of in the tail end of the pandemic. And 
there weren't as many like crazy deals out there, but we still got a nice deal on our, our space. And so Union Market was the first neighborhood that I looked in and I'm pretty familiar. I spend a lot of time in DC. My girlfriend lives in DC and I hang out there a lot. And, you know, Union Market was an area I was pretty familiar with. Actually, before I opened the brewery, I worked for a farm uh, out in Percival, Virginia, and we were one of the first vendors in the collective space back in 2012. So the very first place I looked at ended up being where we're opening. Of course, I looked at some other places too, but I really like Union Market a lot. I think it's got the right vibe for us. And there's already a lot going on there and it's only growing. So very happy to be here. Excellent. So you're doing something a little unusual in the area, but it's really not unusual in the grand scheme of people brewing beer. And that is space in DC is at a premium in a way it's not in Sterling. And so you've got this first batch of the Italian style Pilsner Alora brewed in Sterling. But can you tell us a little bit about how future batches are going to be made? Yeah, so basically, uh, we have a 10-barrel fermenter and a 10-barrel serving tank uh, at the D.C. spot. And this is something we've already been doing extensively with our Leesburg location. All of our Cool Ship beer is brewed there. And obviously, Cool Ship beer, sour beer in general, takes a long time to age. It gets Cool Shipped, pumped into barrels, and then trucked over to Sterling, uh, where it ferments and is aged. And the way that the law works is they consider wherever fermentation takes place to be where it was brewed for tax purposes. Excellent. I mean, one thing I noted is that um, the brewery, the brewery store is, of course, across the street from your DC location, has been doing something like this for a while um, with regards to their brewery tarot. Like they kind of, they separate the sour beers. And so that's something that you all were doing in Leesburg versus Sterling. And so like you've got the experience and you've got the capability. And also, of course, because fermentation is taking place here, then the law's on your side. Do you have plans to do other beers this way? I, I note that you, you've got this one 10-barrel system and a serving tank. Do you have the ability to, if you want to, move a second fermenter into the DC space and um, perhaps do like an IPA or something, uh, something else that way? There's a little bit more room than we expected, and the brew space in D.C. might be able to fit another tank. Uh, it's not something that we really are planning to do right now, but you know we have the appropriately sized glycol chiller to, to accommodate that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely impossible. I think maybe if we did something like that, we would lean more towards doing something mixed for or sour. But as of right now, we're really just focused on the Pilsner. Cool. Next question is beyond the obvious because beer and pizza go well together, but... Were you always looking to partner with a restaurant and was it always going to be pizza? I know that the Sterling location is co-located with two food brands and a cocktail bar. And so it's something that you put some thought into in Sterling. Yes, we we knew that our DC spot was going to be a restaurant as well. So originally we were talking to Gerald Addison of Bammies and Grazie Nona about doing a restaurant in our DC spot. And he had a child and realized that between opening Grazie Nona and having a newborn baby, it was a little bit too much for him to take on. So we asked his uh, longtime chef partner, Chris Morgan, if he was interested. And he said, absolutely. And so we started working with him and we ended up doing pizza 
you know, what we were talking about originally was doing this Mexican concept, which they're developing. But at the time, the landlord was in negotiations with Taco Bamba to lease out one of the spaces. And so they said, mm, we're not okay with you switching to Mexican. So we said, what about pizza? And uh, they were totally cool with that. And, you know, the pizza is fantastic. Obviously, like you said, it's a natural pairing. It's great pizza, kind of its own unique style too. And it lends itself very, very well to a brewery tap room. Is Taco Bamba coming into Union Market as well? Or alas, no, that fell by the wayside and something else will be there. I can't tell you for sure whether they're coming to Union Market. I can tell you I'm, they're not coming into the, the Morse building where we're at. Well, sorry, that's what I've been told. But yeah, they, they might be in talks to come to one of the other spaces around here. Fair enough, fair enough. I want to go and just taking a look at the opening beer list. You all are going to put on three different Pilsners. Um, Alora is the Italian style. Coast, which is really one of, like, one of the area's first New Zealand style pills, and then Glade, a more traditional German style. What does the hopping look like in Alora Italian style versus Coast New Zealand style? So the big difference is Alora has continuous hopping throughout the boil. So it's got a 60, a 30, a 15, a 5, and a flame out hop addition. And that kind of gets it a more smooth bitterness to the beer. Bitterness is a big part of Italian pills. I mean, really, at its heart, it is a bitter pilsner. Both of them are dry hopped. Coast does get whirlpool hops, uh, and then both of them get about the same dry hopping rate uh, before lagering and natural carbonation as well. In addition to the three pilsners, you're also going to have two casks, two beer engines there. My note that at opening, there's going to be ESB, Shire, um, which we've seen in cans, Errant, which is a porter I'm less familiar with. But how come you decided to go with casks and um, what was like the staff cask education? What did that look like? Well, we, we've been familiar, you know, we've been doing those styles for a long time. And fortunately, they're kind of seeing a bit of a renaissance right now. But, you know, the the system that we have to serve them doesn't let in any oxygen. Uh, it's pretty solid. Uh, there's not a whole lot that our staff has to do to understand how to use it. Mostly, it's just making sure that the beer is served at the right temperature, which, you know, that sounds straightforward. But it's like our cascarator. Uh, which holds the the uh, the beer as it's being served is set to 55 degrees, but like if you're pulling it out of our walk-in, it's more like 38 degrees. So just making sure the beer has a chance to warm up a little bit. I mean, like sounds minor, but like that's the whole that's half of what goes into cast beer is like warmer serving temperature and the beer engine itself. So getting that right, and then you know just making sure that we have enough on hand. I don't know, like they're not the most popular beers but they definitely have a following. And so we just want to make sure we keep up with demand. Cool. In addition to keeping up with demand, over the past, I mean, I'm guessing I first saw Crooked Run Wine and Cider early on in the pandemic, which means that you all have been doing it probably well before then, 2018, 2019. What were the discussions like at Crooked Run about going into the wine and cider space? Sure. So 2020 was our, our first year that we got into that. Prior to that, we had a lot of experience fermenting fruit for use in our mixed firm native culture sub-brand beers. And basically, that natural wine and then cider were pandemic project for us. We had some downtime and 
we were doing all this like carbonic maceration, you know, fermentation of fruit in an oxygen free environment. And we just were like, Hey, let, you know, let's go ahead and get a water winery license. We're not going to grow any grapes, but there's obviously a lot, a lot of wineries in Northern Virginia. And we're friends with a lot of people there. Like let's buy some grapes to work with and, and let's just see what we can do without really spending any money on equipment. So we made for our first year, 60 cases of wine. Everything was crushed by hand, which was pretty unpleasant. People think stomping grapes is, you know, the non-mechanical way to do it. But actually the easiest, most effective way is you just take a milk crate, you flip it upside down, you take the cluster of grapes and you just smash it across the top of the crate and then chuck the stem. And we did that to a literal ton of grapes. And, you know, I didn't do it as much as some of our other guys, but you do that for a couple hours, especially with chilled white wine grapes. And it really starts to get a little bit painful in your hands, but we did it and it went pretty well. We were happy with the results. So we went ahead and we bought a crusher and destimmer and a wine press. And none of that stuff really cost that much money either. But uh, then the following year, we made over 200 cases. And I think we're going to stay right around that level of production. Not really looking to distribute it, mostly just for sale in our tap rooms. I understand that you all are also going to be bringing new beers into Crooked Run and Pizza Serata Union Market on Fridays. Uh, so are you all going to have like a new beer release every Friday or so? Yeah. So everything that we make aside from wine and cider because that requires a specific license. Everything else, all the Friday beer releases are always available at all three spots. Breweries, you know, that focus on lots of releases, a lot of them pick different days of the week. We picked Friday because we were just pretty taproom focused and we'd have live music and a lot of other fun events on Friday nights. So it's like, why don't we just release the beer while everyone's here anyways? And we've been doing that for a couple of years now. But yeah, uh, every Friday, Anywhere between one to three different beers available. Uh, some new ones, some, you know, other recipes from the past, but, you know, always something interesting and new. Excellent. So what did the uh, to-go sales look like at the DC location as opposed to Leesburg and Sterling? That's a great question. Because we're doing pizza there and obviously delivery is a huge part of pizza and to-go as well. I'm not sure whether, you know, beer is going to be a huge part of that. Like, you know, there's nothing saying that somebody coming to pick up some pizza is necessarily going to grab some beer to go to, but obviously I I hope that they do. And, you know, especially we hope to offer a a deal for crowlers of our Italian Pilsner Allura, uh, along with pizza for delivery. I think that'd be pretty cool. And we should have something like that available on our website in the not too distant future. Excellent. So you all are going to have like a seamless crowler machine there. And if I really want to kick it up a notch, I could get a crawler of, say, Wisdom. Um, <laughs> my personal favorite Crooked Run beer, uh, Barley Wine. Um, there are almonds in it, yes? No, Wisdom's just the straight, non-adjuncted barley wine. It's always our best barley wine barrels. The one with almonds was uh, Valor. But yeah, Wisdom, Wisdom's a great beer. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy that one. It's definitely one of the best that we make. So the way it basically works with crawlers is that we are happy to do a crawler fill on anything that is not available in bottles or cans. And since Allura is being made in DC, it's not going to be canned. So therefore that will always be available in crawlers. But in general, cans and bottles are a much 
superior way to package beer versus crawler. So, you know, sometimes people are not happy they can't fill their, their growler or they can't get a crawler of certain beers. But the reality is it's like we put a lot of effort into canning and bottling these and we put a lot of effort into keeping our dissolved oxygen or DO, DO levels down. And so we want people to get the beer in the best available format. And as long as we have bottles and cans available, that would be the better of the two. And then once those are gone, we will fill a crowler or a growler too. It's all the same batch of beer anyways. Like I think a lot of people kind of, a lot of people want growlers because they think that it's fresher because, you know, cans could have been on the shelf for God knows how long, especially if there's no date code on it. But for us, like, you know, all the beer is pretty fresh, you know, just take cans if, if you can get them. I'm going to put you on the spot. Since you've mentioned your girlfriend, we'll mention Emily Brown, who's the beer director at Andy's Pizza Locations. How do you feel about being forced to pick sides uh, between Pizza Serata and Andy's Pizza, recognizing that at Andy's you can get a slice and uh, Pizza Serata perhaps a little bit more upscale? <laughs> oh, man. Uh <laughs> I wouldn't say it's more upscale. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's pizza and um, it's, you know, something for, for everybody. We, we aren't going to have slices there, but uh, the pizzas are not quite as big. Uh, they're definitely perfect size to either eat entirely yourself if you're pretty hungry or share with somebody else. But yeah, Andy's pizza is fantastic and I've eaten a lot of it. Um, and there are different styles of pizza too. Pizza Serata is kind of its own thing. It's, I guess you would call it sort of pan pizza but it's kind of a little bit similar to Sicilian as well. It's an olive oil-based crust, and it's a lot thicker. But I think anyone who loves pizza probably would say, like, there's no best style of pizza out there. They're all enjoyable. Like, you know, I love Stellina too, which is down their original spots down the street from us. And that's, you know, Neapolitan, which is completely different. But yeah, they're all great. Here, here. Well said. Thanks so much, Jake. Anything else that you'd like the listenership to know? Yeah, I, I really hope everyone enjoys the new space. I mean, obviously, we, we put a lot of time and effort into it. But I also think that after doing this for 10 years, and then working with our chef partners, who have a ton of experience too, like, I hope that the design and functionality of the space really makes it just hum and, and everyone's super pleased with it. And, you know, it's, it's definitely the biggest moment of, of my career getting to do this in DC. So I'm stoked and I, I know the rest of our team is as well. And, you know, I got to go back to work painting the walls, but uh, yeah, we should, should be ready for Wednesday and, and hopefully everything runs smoothly. So please come check it out. Uh, open this Wednesday at 1130 and you know, every day of the week after that. Excellent. Thanks so much, Jake. Uh, It's 550 Morse Street, uh, Northeast in Union Market District, one block south of Union Market, but across the street from Aleteri and the Brewery Store. Jake and Crooked Run, thank you so much for being on the podcast and welcome to DC. Thank you so much, Jake. Thanks for having us. Thank you, other Jake. All right. So we've hit the... (laughs) I love that. I mean, when we yeah, when we when we when we when Jake and I are podcasting, um, we take turns. Jake and other Jake, uh, we go back and <laughs> back and forth. You should have done um, B and E or E and yeah. B. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, or like cute pet names or code names. We don't know each other that well, well. yet, <laughs> but we will because you now he's at Union Market. Very awkward. Yeah. yeah, you should really work on that. Like, 
like, hi, I'm Mille. Hi, I'm Grazi. Like, oh, Mille Grazi. Oh, nice to have you both in the same place at the same time. Allora. Allora. All right, so we got other half events coming up. What else do we have? Oh, beer share. Beer share. Where? So, Where? Um, so at DC Beer, we usually have a beer share that's hosted by me or like one of the DC Beer core humans. This month in January, we are having our beer share with denizens, with denizens. I'm so excited, right? Uh, We get to have these special seller beers from denizens. Julie and, and Jeff and the crew, they're allowing all of us to bring in special bottles to share. This is really rare. And for all of the DC Beer listeners, you have to understand that It's not often at all for a brewery to welcome outside beer. A, usually it's illegal, especially in the D.C. proper. You can't really bring in outside beer as a without consuming the actual establishment's beer. But Julie and Jeff and everybody over at Denison's, and this is in Riverdale, they want people to bring in big bottles. They want people to bring in some cool beers to share. And... I think this is a great tradition that they're starting. And as far as I know, they're going to continue doing this throughout the year. And DC Beer will still have their own separate DC Beer shares. But I think it's really freaking cool that DC Beer and Denizens are having a January beer share together. So for all of our listeners, if you're interested, come hang out at the Riverdale location of Denizens on January 29th, which is a Sunday. I think it's from two to four, but we'll probably be there a little bit later. So make sure you're right there when, when it starts so you're not you don't miss out on the good stuff. And then hopefully this will be a, a you know an occur a reoccurring thing. I mean, probably not all the time, but I'd like to do it again. I'm excited about it. So don't miss yeah. out. That's right. January 29th, 2 to 4 p.m. at Denizens in Riverdale Park, which is 4550 Van Buren Street. Come see us there. We'll be at 4550 Van Buren Street in Riverdale Park, Maryland, 20737. We're going to be hanging with Julie. We're going to be hanging with Jeff. You may or may not know Jeff used to brew at Iron Hill. I bought way too many bottles the last time I was at Iron Hill so that I could foist them upon Jeff and be like, here, see what you did? I collected all of these large cork and cage 750s so I could have someone to drink them with. Um, So we're super pumped about that. So that's January 29th to cap off or maybe end your dry January a a day or two early. (laughs) True. Or you could bring us some Port City uh, Hopwell hopped seltzer. But actually, I want to shout out one more Maryland event, um, but this time over in Silver Spring, um, where Denison's has another location. February 10th, that's a Friday, the Maryland Brewers Association is putting on Love Thy Beer. They're bringing it back Friday, February 10th. um, Maryland Brewers, they've got tickets. Again, good time. Killer music, um, a whole bunch of like winter seasonals. The brewers themselves are there, so you think of it sort of like a Maryland mini saver. Had a blast last last year, I suspect. Good times again this year. It was a great event. Last, it really was. That event was amazing. The band was phenomenal. Oh my god! Oh, it was a great, great, great event. Yeah, don't don't miss out, everybody. It's yeah, it's really good. 
All right. This podcast drops on Friday the 20th. Um, on Saturday the 21st, it, it's sold out, but you can still reap the benefits of it. The Mindful Drinking Fest is back. It's much bigger this time. Still dry January. So that's going to be, I think, worth a look too. And I just want to shout out on February 1st, right after our bottle share, that's when Red Bear and Black Viking are going to release Black Viking's first collab. In DC, with a DC brewery. Right. Um, you can't you can't see me, but I'm clapping. Stroop, <laughs> there it is. Stroop, um, there it yeah, is. Yeah, like if yeah, if you know Sean and you know Nick Jones over um, at oh, Red Bear, oh, oh, oh. she knows her way around um, making these pastry stouts in I think in a accessible way. That is that. I actually want to consume like a 16-ounce can of it and don't wake up with a sugar-filled regret hangover. She did really good work with Bistacuffs, um, bis- with Biscoff cookies. It's an award-winning beer. Yeah, award winners. And then Stroop, there it is. Um, Stroop and Waffles this time. Sean's good people. Simon's good people. Brian's good people. So that should be pretty, pretty cool too. All right. But again, if you're dry January-ing, um, good job. Keep up the good work, everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're so close, fam. Yeah. So close. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know that was to me. Yeah. And we're we're at DC Beer on the socials. Um, holler at us and please tell Elon Musk to bring back um, the third party uh, Twitter clients because otherwise that shit sucks. Cool. Bye. All right. We'll see you next week, DC Beer fam. Bye.